VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And this is Primetime, and I'm Dr. Gina. It's great to have you. I hope that your Christmas and your Hanukkah was special. This is the final week of 2020, but don't get too excited for 2021. I see many posting on social media that they are happy to see 2020 left behind in the dust. And it's true. It's been a pretty terrible year for some, but I always like to count my blessings. But I want to warn not to expect a lot of change in 2021 because big government made a big comeback with the help of the China virus this year. And I don't want you to expect the changes to be anything very special. A powerful elite has ruled over the people for all of human history, but the United States of America was founded on the genius idea of government by the people and for the people. We're the boss. It's the only time this has ever been tried in the history of the world. So it's not surprising that the modern ruling elite seek to take what they believe is their rightful place in control of the lives of the poor and the ignorant peasants. This isn't new, folks. The powerful, the hungry elite hate being accountable to you, the people. This is the recurring theme of human history. Honestly, rebellions spring up and they're squashed by the heavy hand of government, but it hasn't worked yet in this United States. If it weren't so doggone scary, it would be comical when talking to my liberal friends. They say, oh, we just need a little more government control, fewer rights, little conformity here, little conformity there. Just do what you're told, comply a little more, and most importantly, silence those who disagree. Leftists really think all of this is a great idea. What could possibly go wrong? Someone should let them know that big government has been tried literally every time a government has been established throughout human history. Putting the people in charge is a new idea. It's only been tried once right here in the United States of America. And leftists think they are so original as they try to convince conservatives that big government is this new cool idea that's never been thought of before. There's this new socialism. It's going to be a new kind of socialism and you're just too dumb to really understand it. Actually, you're the smart ones. As I said, it would be comical if it weren't so scary. Freedom in the United States and around the world has taken one big step backward in 2020. So I look forward to 2021 with a renewed hope that the advance of big government socialism can be stopped or completely reversed now that we've seen the ugly reality of it. But freedom-loving patriots, you better be ready to fight. You can see the depth to which the freedom-hating left will sink in order to grab power and to destroy your freedom. Academia was lost over the decades to the socialists. Our universities have become leftist indoctrination zones. Hollywood has purged virtually every conservative from the TV and film industry. The news media has become an arm of the Democrat Party and destroys anyone who seeks to report the truth. Judges and governors now decide who and how many congregants may gather in churches and in synagogues. Social media and the internet is still in its relative infancy, but the left quickly took control. Dissenters are shadow banned or banned outright if they dare to criticize the elite online. And you've seen this over and over. Patriots watched all of that freedom just slip slowly away. 
at least we could always say we still had the right to vote, right? When the government got out of control. Until now. Now the left has taken that away from you. The election was stolen and all the evidence is right there. But they're trying to convince you, you didn't see what you know you saw. We report this to you every single night on this show and on RAV, this network. And who knows if 2021 will see voices like Real America's Voice be amplified or if they'll find a way to shut us down too. The year 2020 has been devastating for freedom. But I have hope that patriots have had enough. 2021 must be the year that patriots stand up to big government and stop handing their rights over little by little. It's time to say, no, I am not going to wear a damn mask. No, I am not going to sit at home alone during the holidays and avoid my family. It's time to go back to church. It's time to dare the government to try and stop you from worshiping your God. It's time to open up your business, arm yourself, tell the government you will not be shut down any longer. It's time to stand up to big government before you don't have a way to do it anymore and you don't even have anything to defend. Don't be afraid. The election results are fraudulent. There are many more patriotic, freedom-loving Americans than there are leftist, elitist socialists. And that's why they had to commit this vote fraud that you just watched. These hordes of Biden voters who supposedly came to the polls in record numbers to vote for Biden, they're not real. The strength of the socialist left is a mirage. Stand up to those who seek to take away your freedom. They will collapse like a house of cards because guess what? They're all wimps when you face them down. That's what I will do in the new year. And I can't wait to stand next to brave patriots like you to defend the greatest country that God ever gave mankind. And coming up, we're going to talk more about what freedoms we have lost in 2020 and how we will get them back together. So you stick around for that. But first, I want to head out to Washington, D.C., where our own Carrie Sheffield with our partner Just the News is standing by. Carrie, you and the crews at Just the News have been reporting on the stunning admission by Anthony Fauci that he made public predictions about COVID based on public opinion and actually not based on science. Tell us this. Exactly, Dr. Gina. It seems that basically Anthony Fauci, he put his finger to the wind and it wasn't based on science, but based on public opinion and public polling about how much he would say he thought herd immunity was the extent to which uh, herd immunity would be uh, advantageous or the way that we could beat COVID. So he said that he had basically, it reminded me of Hillary Clinton in her Goldman Sachs speeches where she had a private opinion and then a public opinion. So Dr. Anthony Fauci had a private opinion about herd immunity, but a public opinion, which was very, very different. And now he's getting all sorts of pushback. And some folks are saying that Joe Biden, who has said that he wants to keep Dr. Anthony Fauci on as his chief medical advisor in the new administration, presumably as a political basically slap in the face to the president, um, because they have tingled on many things, including on masks, where Fauci was before the uh, for the uh, against the mask before he was for the mask. Um, People are calling to question why Joe Biden would keep this doctor on as his chief medical advisor when Biden says that he wants to trust science when it seems that Dr. Fauci is using the finger in the wind rather than actual science. 
This is just terrifying, Carrie. And I, I mean, you, you you knew this was happening. I mean, instinctually, you felt it, you saw it. I mean, you know, our, our gut has to tell us something in all of this. And we saw the science early on. We saw the Surgeon General report that, um, you know, masks were not advisable, for example. We saw Fauci report it. We saw the CDC report it. And then all of a sudden, there's this massive about face of, oh, no, masks, cloth masks are the be-all and end-all. And if everybody just wears a cloth mask, then it's going to solve everything. And then we saw the reports of all the places where masks were mandated and the COVID rates kept going up, up, up. And it doesn't take a, a, a rocket scientist or a, a medical doctor's license or anything else to figure out that if you try something and the COVID rates go up, then guess what? It's probably not working. Um, the shutdowns had the same effect in the big cities where they were trying the shutdowns. The COVID rates, guess what? They went up. Um, and we saw this over and over again. And so it, it doesn't really surprise me. But Carrie, do you at Just the News expect to see more reports like this coming forth from those we counted on to be our, um, I guess, unbiased experts in all of this during what was really a very fragile time in our American history? Well, if I know anything about our founder, John Solomon, he's not going to stop until he's going to get to the truth. And he's gotten scoop after scoop, not only on these issues with COVID, but also the Mueller report, Michael Flynn, the Ukrainian impeachment, everything to basically say, okay, what is the mainstream media saying? And then what is the actual truth? Because we see very often the two are almost uh, basically diametrically opposed. I want to read a quote here. I did some reporting on this issue, though, with Dr. Fauci. And I spoke with uh, Jay Bhattacharya. He is a professor of medicine at Stanford University. And he's one of those doctors who created what they call the Great Barrington Declaration. And what they did was they had, now it's up to, I believe, 50,000 healthcare professionals have signed on to this letter to say the shutdowns have been devastating. And this is what he had to say about Dr. Fauci. He said, quote, Dr. Fauci's apparent willingness to mislead the public in support of his preferred policy objective should disqualify him from providing public policy advice in any official capacity. Dr. Fauci's advice throughout the epidemic has ignored the science regarding the devastating physical and psychological harms of the lockdowns to which he seems utterly blind. For a policy advisor, science should inform policy preference, not the other way around, close quote. So we are going to continue to dig into these, as he calls them, the psychological harms and the physical harms of the shutdown. I think there's going to be a lot more to come. And this is what we love about being partnered with our good friends at Just the News. Uh, you guys, uh, along with John Solomon, do such just a fabulous job of keeping us informed on really what is the most cutting edge and, and some of the only true investigative reporters any longer in the business. So thank you so much, Carrie Sheffield, and uh, almost Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Dr. Gina. Same right now on to radio talk show host extraordinaire john fredericks who has been our eyes and ears in georgia where the senate runoff is almost here uh john i, I want to go first to something that you informed me of right before we came on air um you told me that you got a call from one of our reporters now we don't have all the information on this yet but i want you just to tell me what you know so far and i plan to follow up on this story and i've already sent a tweet out to American Airlines, inviting their commentary on this too. But so far, tell me what you know, what happened to one of our reporters as she attempted to board an airline, American Airlines, tonight. Um, I don't know where she was headed or what was going on, but tell us what you know. Well, Dr. Gina, first of all, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, to you and too. your viewers, and thank you for having me, and I hope you had a great one. First year since uh, I can remember that I couldn't go to Midnight Mass because I couldn't get in. Our family uh, didn't make reservations in time. 
We could go to Walmart at midnight and shop, but we couldn't go to Mass. Heather Mullins, one of your crack reporters, one of the uh, up-and-coming people of real America's voice, and really somebody to watch because she's got a nose for the news and she's willing to dig and go to places on the ground. She was on an airplane uh, a few hours ago, an American Airlines flight going from Logan to Atlanta. Uh, apparently, American Airlines had tossed somebody off the plane for refusing to wear a mask, which is their, of course, right. She was filming it on her phone. And they went to her, the stewardess went to her and said, there's no filming on this plane. Please turn your camera off. Heather called me and asked me what I suggested she do. And I said, comply with them or they'll throw you off the plane because although you have a right to your camera and phone, you know they do have a right to uh, instill whatever rules they want on the airplane. So she said she promptly turned it off and stopped filming. And then they, they went to her and said, why were you filming? And she said, I'm a reporter and I'm certainly going to report on this. I complied with you and I stopped filming, but I'm certainly going to report on this. I've been covering the pandemic for 10 months and this is simply part of the news. And so they came back to her and tossed her off the plane. And the stewardess said, sorry, uh, the captain said that uh, he doesn't like your attitude. And so you are you have to be removed from the plane. You have to leave. Otherwise, we're going to call security. So they toss Heather Mullins off the plane and she didn't do anything but comply with them. And so she got basically tossed because she was a reporter. I was wondering, I said to her, well, what if you said you were a third grade teacher or a college professor? Would they have kept you on? So because you're a reporter for Real America's Voice News, you get unceremoniously tossed off, tossed off the plane for doing nothing wrong and complying with them. So there you have their, uh, their complete power at will. Very interesting, because in the age of this newfound uh, censorship, um, now we have a situation where a reporter has been, I mean, let's just state this like it is, a reporter has been tossed off of an airplane for being a reporter. She did nothing else wrong. She was complying. She was wearing her mask. She put her camera away when they asked her to. Um, that is all of our understanding. She has done nothing else wrong. Um, she did try to call me. I was show prepping. I didn't take the call. Um, apparently you did. Um, I would have probably um, not been as cordial as you were. I would have probably told her to keep recording, but uh, you told her to comply. Um, and she did that and, um, and was tossed off the plane anyway. So here you go. Um, I'm not sure where our constitutional rights are in all of this, John. I, I'm still not clear on how come a private company that takes such great degrees of federal dollars can tell you what you have to wear on your face, um, especially if people have health problems or other things like that. But um, all that is to be worked out in the courts eventually, and I'm not an attorney. So, John, this is very interesting, and we'll be following up on this. I've already invited a spokesperson for the American Airlines to be on the show tomorrow night. We'll most certainly have um, Heather here as well. John, we're almost out of time, but I want you to give us a short update, if you will, on the Georgia Senate runoff. President Trump is coming to Dalton, Georgia, on Monday, January 4th, for a rally in North Georgia. That's about 30 miles south of Chattanooga. The only way the Republicans win this race and maintain control of the U.S. Senate is by having an overwhelming, massive game day turnout. Right now, in early voting and an absentee ballot voting, and when you look at the votes and where they're coming in, they're getting absolutely slaughtered. So in order for the Republicans to pull off what is now going to be an upset, uh, based on all the early early voting results that we have, there's going to have to be there will have to be a massive vote day game day turnout 
by Trump voters in overwhelming numbers in order to overcome the early lead the Democrats have. That's part of the president's strategy to go there. Whether or not it's going to have mm -hmm. that effect after um, not following through on the veto today, depressing more of his base, Kelly Loeffler and, as you know, David Perdue, in the last rally he had in Valdosta, they got heckled off the stage with the phraseology and the chant, fight for Trump, fight for Trump. Right now, both these Republicans, Dr. Gina, in big trouble. All right, John, I know you're going to keep us posted on this. Um, I'm sure we'll see you tomorrow night for a more in-depth update. Um, we were kind of sidetracked by this very interesting information about what is happening to our reporter. Mm -hmm. We wish her safety getting where she's trying to go. It's uh, these unbelievable times we live in. Thank you so much, John. Keep up the good work, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Dr. Gina. Coming up, you won't believe the Nashville bomber's creepy words that he said to his neighbor before he detonated a bomb that killed himself. Uh, on Christmas morning, we will tell you what he said. Former FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force member Steve Rogers coming up next. Stick around for Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. So glad you're with us, by the way. I hope that your holidays were just a great break from all the crazy that has been in this world lately. By now, you've heard the news of the RV that exploded in Nashville on Christmas morning, though. I had friends in Nashville visiting family who were totally unable to communicate with the outside world because the AT&T building was damaged and the telecommunications were disrupted. The suspect, Anthony Quinn Werner, was killed in the blast and three others were hurt. But what the suspect said to his neighbor was a hint that he was planning something terrible. The Associated Press reported that Warner's neighbor asked him days before Christmas if Santa was going to bring him anything good. And his response was, oh yeah, Nashville and the world is never going to forget me. Here to discuss former FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force member, Lieutenant Steve Rogers. Steve, hindsight, always 2020, but should his neighbor, neighbor or others have seen this coming, do you think? Was that the kind of warning that should send up red flags and be reported? Well, I would say this, Gina, that if in fact there was a, uh, a pattern of erratic behavior on the part of this neighbor, if uh, the police had responded to his home several times for whatever type of incidents may have gone on, uh, I would say, oh yeah, that'd be a big red light. But I believe the neighbor actually said, and others said that, uh, and even pl the uh, place of employment of this individual said that this man never reacted uh, with uh, adverse behavior. So, uh, yeah, looking back, we kind of think, well, was that a signal? But I think that'd have to be a totality of information over a long period of time. What's the breakdown on that, Steve? You know, I, I get these kinds of questions all the time. I've done a lot of uh, analysis on behavior, you know, in terms of just a, a, a straight out of the blue psychotic break. You've got somebody who seems to have lived a pretty relatively normal life and all of a sudden they just go and do something crazy. And, and it, it does make you crazy when you're trying to uh, look at how laws should be written, when you're trying to look at, um, you know, even just who should, who should be able to own firearms. When it, you know, those kinds of questions really do, um, 
you know, make the average person have pause over all those sorts of questions. So what is, what is the breakdown on, on something like that where you have someone who really has no, no criminal past, um, no red flags, even by the people who know him best, and they just have a, a break like that? Well, I'll tell you, Gina, I believe the breakdown is pretty simple. It's one's instinct. I could tell you in police work, over a long period of time, we develop what we call the sixth sense. And that means that, uh, you know, as we're traveling in our patrol cars and we're talking to people, people will simply come out of nowhere and say something out of the ordinary, but something kicks in that tells you there's something wrong. And I have found, usually after incidents like this, not only one person like this neighbor, but others who may come forward say, you know, this person said something a week ago, or we found something on the internet as we look back. So I always share with people, don't be ashamed, be safe, not sorry. If you feel there's something wrong with a person's behavior or actions, or even something that they're going to say, then make a call. Just call the police, let them know, look, here's what this person said to me, you might want to keep an eye on them. Never hurts to make that phone call just in case. All right, Steve, what is the FBI doing right now that we're not seeing? What are they looking for as they scour through this man's history and belongings? Well, there's a lot being done. Right now, uh, there are uh, forensic analysis of the crime scene, which uh, is wider than just the area that the uh, explosive was detonated. They're looking at uh, the compounds that were used to uh, make this bomb. They're looking at metal fragments. They're looking at anything that they could come up with and analyze that will lead them to what? Well, you know, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Did anybody else help him uh, build that bomb? Did he communicate with anyone? There's electronic foot footprints available on his computers, on his iPad, on his cell phone. Uh, search warrants will be executed on his car, on his place of work uh, where he lived. So there's a whole lot of investigations going on right now. But Gina, there's something else going on. And it's something that people of America need to, to know. And that is that our law enforcement agencies and our national security agencies need to take a good look at what happened. Because you know what happened here other than the bombing of that area and the, that building? It showed a great vulnerability in our infrastructure with regard to our communication systems. One guy took out a half a city, mobile phones, uh, networks, etc. So there's a lot of head scratching right now going on around the country with regard to security of our infrastructure. Seems like so often though, Steve, these things happen and then we, we you know, there's this whole investigation and I can think of numerous times we've heard the same story over and over again. There's a massive investigation and we never actually do know the motive. Do you think we ever will know the motive? Oh, I believe we will. I believe that with a lot of information and intelligence that the law enforcement officers are getting, uh, they'll find uh, a lot of things. They'll find things on his uh, computer. They may find a note somewhere. But I believe that down the road, a motive will be found. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it's going to be very interesting, uh, in my view, at this point. It seems like his motive was to uh, disrupt the communications of that city. And perhaps, and I say this only based on the information we have, maybe he had a bone to pick with AT&T. Interesting. All right. Um, Steve, do you think that he was for sure a lone wolf or is your instinct just based on cases that you've worked before that maybe there are more people involved? Well, you know, it's a hard one to call. What, what causes me to pause with regard to just saying he was a lone wolf is the uh, type of explosives. I mean, the, the magnitude of the damage. This was a big bomb. Yeah. 
And uh, right. in my view, it could have been someone uh, that helped him put that together or at least instructed him. So let's see where that evidence leads. Okay. All right, Steve Rogers, all the best to you and your beautiful wife in uh, 2021. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Coming up, 2020 has been a rough year for small businesses especially and a really rough year for religious liberty. So how can we take back what we've lost in 2020? That's up next. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stick around. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Glad you're with us. Now, 2020, rough year for a lot of small businesses, at least toward the end, and big box stores were deemed essential as mom-and-pop shops were shut down. But the American entrepreneurial spirit is strong. And Alfredo Ortiz from Job Creators Network has had his finger on the pulse of small business, and he joins us now. Alfredo, good to see you. Thanks for being with us. You know, difficult time for a lot of uh, small businesses. Um, just give me the, the, the status, uh, what you heard from your members um, and, and what the holidays were like for them this year. Yeah, yeah boy, some, some of them really, really had horrible holidays, Gina. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I mean, pre-pandemic, things were looking great. Small business sentiment was great. Uh, consumers were out there shopping. And, of course, then the pandemic hit. And then all hell broke loose. And, of course, with this lockdown lunacy, especially amongst blue states, those small businesses in those states literally getting – uh, crucified um, uh, under these oppressive rules that these uh, blue state governors have put in place. Uh, you know, when you look at unemployment rate, for example, Gina, right now, and if you just compare, for example, New York and Michigan and California versus, you know, the Texas, Georgia, uh, Florida, and just those two sets of three states there, you literally have double digit unemployment rates in the blue states, and you've got half of that, four to five percent, in the red states. And it clearly shows. Uh, in California, for example, the lockdowns are not really have any positive impact, and it is completely decimating the small business community, especially our poor restaurant owners. I have to tell you, the entire hospitality industry, of course, has been hit hard, uh, but, but the restaurant business in, in, in totality has almost been decimated. Um, it's almost a sacrificial lamb at this point. I have to tell you, some businesses, though, have been great. Uh, I'm not sure if, Gina, you've tried to hire a contractor in the past six months. But good luck, you can't get them to return yeah. your phone calls. So from that perspective, they've actually been doing great. The home housing, uh, uh, you know, home and housing industry has been actually doing very, very well. Um, you know, when you look at the Home Depots and the Lowe's, what's going on there, a lot of people are out there buying homes, refinancing, putting money into the home. So from that perspective, the home building and contractors are, are doing great. But uh, I have to tell you, this has been a really, really rough year. If it hadn't been for the Paycheck Protection Program, Gina, that actually happened in that first CARES Act, you know, 51 million jobs were saved under that, um, which, which was amazing. Almost $500 billion, uh, you know, w w was distributed amongst 5.1 million small businesses. 
Um, and with all the drama that the left and you know the media has had about that paycheck protection program, it was horrible because all these large businesses took advantage of it. It was a very, very small percentage of people that quite frankly probably shouldn't have gotten them, but they did. But when you look at, at in a relative terms, 97% of the loans that were put out there were exactly where they were supposed to be, which is for small businesses. And quite frankly, some of the, the, the larger loans went to franchise businesses. And we have to remind everybody that franchise businesses are still locally owned businesses. They're not owned by some big conglomerate uh, out in some, some corporate, you know, corporate arena. So, you know, yeah. all in all, I mean, we are so excited for this uh, second round of Paycheck Protection Program, which the president just signed uh, into law last night. So, so yes, don't try to hire a contractor in Florida because you can, they don't show up. You can overpay them. They just laugh at you. It's, it's really, it's funny. If anyone wants a job, please set up camp in Palm Beach, Florida and come be my contractor because we need them so badly. That's I'm right. not even kidding. Um, and you oh, can yeah, be yeah. overpaid. I'm not kidding. Um, but, yeah, but you, you really do make a great point. And, and so what, is, what does this next round look like and, and who will it help? the most yeah well it, it goes to help us you know again you can apply a second time if you had uh you know a ppp loan the first time so you can go ahead and do a second round it also simplifies the forgiveness of that first round loan one hundred fifty thousand dollars and below and, and 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 gina one of the things that it does mo very importantly it actually fixes basically for all intended purposes it was a technical glitch um when it comes to the expenses and what was going to be considered reimbursable Secretary Mnuchin, the Treasury, had basically uh, uh, taken the position that any expenses paid by proceeds of the Paycheck Protection Program loan would not be uh, be able to be expensed um, on a line item in terms of your taxes, which effectively, Gina, not to be so wonky in this, but effectively made that uh, that loan taxable income, which was not the intent of Congress whatsoever. And frankly, what a lot of the small businesses said, if I had known that, I wouldn't have used 100% of the proceeds to pay for rent and pay for payroll. I would have held back some mm. of that. So this was a huge, huge uh, fix. We were very excited to see that. Um, we had several conversations with, with the Secretary uh, uh, of the Treasury on that. Um, you, you know, and I think um, amongst other groups, uh, they were also pushing uh, for, for this. But, but this was a huge, huge uh, issue. Um, thank goodness it got resolved. Uh, but this second round is almost uh, $290 billion, again, of Paycheck Protection Program funds. And I have to tell you, it is coming literally as people are hanging on by their fingernails at this point. Uh, the, the, the cash is basically gone. Um, and again, these restaurants are so hard hit. I mean, you look at Washington, D.C., you're, you're, I think you're, uh, you've got uh, friends and colleagues there in D.C. as well. Um, the, all, all the restaurants on, on last Monday, the week of Christmas, all indoor dining was was shut down. Um, I mean, this is disastrous for this is disastrous for the industry. People don't realize you have to order this inventory, the you know all your perishables a week a, right. ahead of time, basically. And so all this yeah. is being thrown out. Pe people, all the wait staff. I mean, they basically lost their jobs. Their biggest week for tips, and it was gone. Um, so, yeah, and so it's really, not like they can. And it's not like they can be outside this time of year because, of course, the weather gets quite horrendous in yeah. those areas this time of year. You know, here in Florida, it would That's be a different right. matter. But, uh, but, in, but in Washington, right. D.C. and New York, where they're being hit the hardest, they just don't have those options. <laughs> yeah, which really makes California a head scratcher. Why, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen some of the stories there from some of the restaurant owners 
um, who were trying to set up <clears throat> these out, outdoor eating areas and were shut down. But then you had movie sets right next door that were allowed to actually yes. open and have their lunch crews there. I mean, this is really just disastrous. And, and, and quite frankly, it's so tone deaf of so many of our politicians out there. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonder that, that people are still there. But as you said right at the beginning, Gina, I mean, that American entrepreneurialism, that American spirit, people just aren't giving up. And it's just amazing no. to see. But, you know, so this Paycheck Protection Program, the second round, is desperately needed. And, and we're very happy to see it uh, be signed into law today. Great. Great. Alfredo Ortiz, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate your perspective. Absolutely, Gina. Thank you and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And now, it wasn't just small business that took a beating this year. Religious liberty hit hard. Churches and synagogues closed. Family holiday gatherings criminalized. Families were separated. All to save us from a virus, don't forget, with a 99.9% .9 survival rate. So what can we do to regain our religious liberty that was lost? Bishop Aubrey Shines joins us now. Bishop Shines, I think this must be the worst year for religious liberty in our lifetimes. Uh, I, did you ever think you would see uh, a Christmas where you couldn't go to worship and celebrate Christmas? I, I, I mean, it's just, it was, it was mind boggling to me this year. Even, even here in Florida, churches were largely shut down. Yeah, they, they were, Gina. And unfortunately, uh, we still have uh, just guys that we, uh, what we call collaborate with across the country uh, that are still experiencing this. Now, here in Florida, a little different in this regard. Uh, we never shut down. Um, I just believe that it was a constitutional jab against us and we just refused to comply. We were armed and ready. I don't mean that with our Second Amendment piece, but I do mean with attorneys uh, to make sure. But my heart breaks at the same time because I still have so many colleagues, bishops and pastors across the country uh, that are experiencing uh, what I call uh, these just leftist events that are just wrecking not just our Constitution, but our ability to worship. And at the same time, here's some positive in it. At the same time, we have a president that did something that no other president has ever done. And that is he went before the United Nations and he actually talked for the first time. No president ever has done this about religious liberties. Now, here's the conundrum. On the flip side of that, uh, you have Pew that is saying that the most targeted group uh, on the planet, not just in the United States of America, not just in Africa and Asia, but overall are Christians. And so again, we still have this uphill battle and this is going to be post whatever happens. Now again, uh, we're only praying that our electors will do their job come January 6th and uh, the legal votes will be counted. And we believe we will have, as has been proven for the last four years, a tremendous ally regarding religious liberties. However, if Biden were to win by this theft that we are all paying attention to, uh, he's already made it very, very clear, various pieces of legislation that he is going to sign, him and Senator Harris, uh, that they would sign to make sure uh, that churches would be forced to comply, whether it is with who goes in whose bathroom, um, who you can hire, what kind of person, even though they may not fit the criteria of your particular dogma, uh, this is what we are facing. And Americans, whether they're religious or not, Gina, 
Americans should be very concerned because we're now not just talking about a entity. We're not talking about an organism called the church. We're talking about our liberties. And if one goes, then the whole thing goes out the window. This is such a big change from the first few years of the Trump administration. There was a surge of religious liberty until the pandemic was used, of course, by uh, local and state governments to target religious institutions. And then, you know, we see that, you know, on Christmas Eve, for example, where I might like to go to a candlelight communion or someone might like to go to a midnight mass and you can't do that. But of course, you could shop at any of your big box stores up until midnight. Um, who makes these decisions and how, I guess, the most important question, I think average citizens just want to know, how can I help fight this? Well, they got to get involved. They got to call their representatives. They got to be engaged. They got to make sure that they're voting uh, for the right people. And again, we have a real conundrum here because uh, we're looking at theft. There's no question about it. And again, this is not because I'm on one side or the other, but I was at the Rose Garden when this current president, Trump, signed a, a edict. And I like calling it that for a reason. He signed this thing even about the Johnson Amendment. A lot of your viewers may not understand this, but under a Democrat president, uh, several decades ago, they made sure that the church would kind of be silent. This president comes along, he gave us his word uh, when we all met with him in New York about four and a half years ago, that he would say, you know what, I'm gonna do an executive order, we're gonna get rid of this silly stuff. Churches should have the liberty that was intended for them by our founders. So when the question is asked, uh, who's doing this? These are, for the most part, activist judges who have a anti-position against Christianity. These are governors that have no problem, by the way, keeping their marijuana dispensaries open. They have no problem keeping their casinos open. But when it comes to the church, oh, no, 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 no. Can't, can't have that. We, we got to make sure that everyone's going to be safe. While our streets were being rioted, uh, being looted, being burned down, nothing against them. That's okay. Right. But the church... We got to make sure, and we see this across the country, and if we don't unite, black and white alike, I don't care if a person doesn't have a religious affiliation, if they love liberty, if they love the ability to do the things that this Constitution allows, they better join with the rest of us and begin to fight, because if not, if we lose just a portion, we're going to lose the whole thing here. Right. And don't forget strip clubs that were also open um, and shining bright on Christmas Eve. I noticed uh, driving down the street that there were several of those open um, with their neon signs, making sure that everyone knew that and those were wide open. Um, and, and I also want to say um, regarding the Johnson Amendment, I think it's very important to say that the Johnson Amendment was something that tried to remove First Amendment rights from pastors in the pulpit. Many pastors fought this for years. Um, every church that I went to, my pastors fought that for sure. Um, and what President Trump did basically with an executive order is reinstate state those First Amendment rights to say that a pastor doesn't lose his First Amendment rights just because he steps into a pulpit. Very important. And uh, Bishop Aubrey Shines, we sure appreciate the work that you do. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks, Gina. Thanks for having me. Happy 2021 to you. Coming up, Hollywood hates Trump supporters for sure. Surprise, surprise. That's up next. So there's more Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. You won't want to miss it. Stay with us. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. 
With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Joe Biden tweeted that he wants to see America unite and heal. But Hollywood actor David Cross tweeted this in response. He said, F that, I want blood. Here to respond to that disgusting tweet, Manhattan Republican Party Chair A.J. Katsimatidis. A.J., is that an example of the tolerant left that you're used to in New York? Uh, Unfortunately, it is. And Hollywood is getting away with way too much in this respect because they're so prevalent. They're at the forefront and people think that that's how Americans feel. But this election, President Trump got so many votes. He got 74 million votes. We proved that that's not how Americans feel. And essentially, our side has been bullied into silence. And so we need to put more thought leaders to the forefront, and Hollywood needs to take a step back because they are the most intolerant people. Well, you uh, are sort of in the mecca of fake news there in New York, but uh, every night on this show, we have a fake news alert. So without any further ado, here it is for tonight. Over on CNN on Christmas Eve, hopefully no one was actually watching CNN, but they were doing their best to ruin Christmas watch. There's a lot that people want to celebrate and they want to find joy somewhere. What's your message to Americans this morning based on what you see and what you hope to see in the coming year? Christmas should not be fun this year, okay? This should be part of the negative 20 that we've had. We should see the hope of New Year's of 2021, that the vaccine is here. We are getting it. AJ, I thought the Grinch was a fictional character, but uh, it seems like CNN, you know, the Grinch is real and he was right there to steal Christmas. What say you? I believe it, but I'm not surprised, unfortunately, because the Democrats have been trying to cancel Christmas for quite some time. And it's so important now more than ever to celebrate Christmas because of a couple things. One, suicide rates are up. And I think now more than ever, people need to be around family and positivity. And I think it's important to celebrate and have a good Christmas from that respect. And also from a family values perspective, as a Republican, I believe in family values and strong family. And it's been proven that people are less in poverty and children have much better outcomes. So for the sake of the children's future in our country, we really need to be celebrating uh, holidays like Christmas with our families. Yeah, I mean, have you heard any of the media in New York, at least the Alphabet Soup legacy style media, mention the suicide rates and the and the depression and the other things that have come with COVID instead of just the COVID that they seem to be so afraid of, those kinds of deaths that should matter too, right? It should matter. And I haven't heard that at all in New York City. They're only talking about specific COVID deaths, but what about all the people dying from suicide and other things like, God forbid if somebody had cancer and they couldn't 
get their uh, right. treatment or uh, go get their uh, routine checkup to find if they had cancer. So I think, unfortunately, there's so many negative outcomes that we're not seeing and they're not reporting these on the news. Right. Heart, can uh, diabetes, you know, cancer, all of those things. All right. Well, we have another tradition here on the show, and that is our meme of the day. Now, here's a meme I saw on Christmas that I had to bring back today. It says, are we allowed to leave Santa milk and cookies, or is that considered indoor dining? AJ, here in Florida, uh, Santa didn't have to worry much about the crazy COVID regulations, but was de Blasio or Cuomo, were they able to bust Santa for violating those rules? I think they would if they could, and that Democrats like Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio should get a lump of coal in their stockings to right. try and cheat Santa out of his milk and cookies. So yeah. I think that's what they should get for Christmas. But uh, it's it's ridiculous, and they would if they could because they're going after everybody. I noticed that a lot of uh, the photos of some of the wealthier New York families and politicians that I know on Instagram, they were posting pictures of Santa in their homes. Um, but, you know, poor families, especially those out of jobs because the restaurants where they work are closed, they can't afford to have Santa come into their home, so they probably just had to go without them altogether. I think that's really sad. And uh, but anyway, I'm glad that you are active there and bringing in the votes like you did. You had the most Republican votes, I think, of any place in New York, and we're really proud of you for your leadership there in New York. And it's wonderful to have you in Palm Beach in studio this week. Thank you for being with us. That's AJ Katsimatidis. And uh, all right, it is now time for doctor's orders. I spoke earlier in the show about all we lost in 2020. So many of our freedoms have been eroded. Our benevolent leaders told us it was for our own good as they broke their own COVID regulations that they inflicted upon us. The politicians still received their paychecks as they closed down our businesses and told everyone else their jobs were not essential. Anyone who disagreed lost their freedom of speech. Our churches and our synagogues were closed. Families were separated. Many were lost, not just to the China virus, but to addiction, depression, and suicide. In 2021, it will be time to take back what was lost. At midnight on New Year's Eve, we all hope there will be something magical that will put 2020 in the past and will make everything better and somehow new. But that's not, unfortunately, how it works. We have to regain the ground that was lost over this past year. 2021 will be the year the Patriots stand up once again to tyranny. It's not going to be easy. It's going to get uncomfortable. Big government is scary. We've handed them a lot of power over our lives. And as we stand up to our government overlords, they will try to take away your speech. They will shame you for not complying. They will call you racist, homophobic, sexist bigots. They will try to silence you. They will threaten you. They will threaten your family. They will threaten your livelihood. So you will stand arm in arm with fellow patriots to save the Republic if you dare. Maybe you can wait. Maybe you can rationalize staying quiet. It's a tough decision. I have friends who say they're afraid if they speak out that their spouse might lose their job or their kids might have a harder time in school. It's true. Or they might be kicked off of a flight. They might be asked to leave a restaurant. All these places are keeping lists now. 
They think they can just wait and hope that big government will give back the freedom they took from us if they wait long enough. Don't hold your breath for that to happen. I hope that in 2021, you will stand with me and with other patriots to face down big government. It won't be easy, but we have a republic to save. And that is your doctor's orders this evening. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And thank you to everyone here at your home for real news, the uncensored, undaunted, Real America's Voice, RAV. Live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and you live the truth. Good night. Hey.